0: Chapter 27 of Hellenic History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sim. Hellenic History by George Willis Botsford. Chapter 27. Alexander's Empire and the Hellenistic Kingdoms. 337-146. Death of Philip. The invasion of Asia Minor followed hard upon the session of the Hellenic deputies at Corinth, in the early months of 336, Philip's best general, Parmenion, crossed the Hellespont with a Macedonian army to guard the strait against the king's coming while the latter lingered to divide his time between state business and carousals throughout his life he had recklessly courted danger in violent debaucheries and hazardous marital ventures a polygamous barbarian he took no wives with him to war but married new brides in the course of every campaign women of various nationalities who enmeshed the conqueror in the web of their acrimonious intrigues It was at least suspected that Olympias, mother of Alexander, when repudiated in favour of another woman, instigated the assassin against her husband. At all events, he was murdered in the midst of a festival. Philip had achieved the task of making his own state the greatest military power in the world, and of giving to Eastern Hellas at least the form of institutional unity. The conquest of Asia was left to his no less competent son, Alexander. Alexander was but twenty when he mounted the throne he had had aristotle as an instructor to whom we naturally credit the young man's interest in the enlargement of science and had won military distinction under his father his inspiration he had drawn from the iliad his ideal was achilles a young man of tempestuous passions and a brave indomitable warrior in brief alexander's nature combined the romantic with the practical immediately the weakness of his father's hellenic arrangements revealed itself in widespread disaffection it was not till alexander took thebes by assault destroyed the city and sold the inhabitants into slavery that the greeks could be made to understand that they still had a master he continued philip's policy in relation to them the hellenic league and his own captaincy were maintained although his military demand upon the greeks was appreciably lighter than his father had planned alexander's conquests in the spring of three thirty four alexander crossed the hellespont with about thirty five thousand men on the granicus river he met a slightly larger force of the enemy the infantry consisting of greek mercenaries his victory was speedy and complete after this success he proceeded to liberate the hellenic cities and to settle their affairs in the manner to be described below how far the intentions of alexander reached on the day when he crossed the Hellespont, we do not know probably not to the conquest of the whole persian empire but the young man of fiery spirit and growing ambition could never content himself with present achievements however great from the acquisition of the aegean coast he was led to the conquest of asia minor it was a keen disappointment that a majority of the hellenes far from regarding him as a deliverer threw their sympathy to the persian side and lacking the support of their warships while those of the enemy commanded the sea he had to make his advance along the coast in order to occupy the port towns and thus secure himself from attack by water at issus cilicia he met king darius in command of an army much larger than his own the battle however was fought in a narrow plain hemmed in by forests so that the persian king could not take advantage of his superior numbers his army was routed and dispersed and he could only save himself by headlong flight from this time it is clear that alexander with enlarged ambition intended to conquer the persian empire having thus determined alexander first took possession of the syrian coast and of egypt for a while marching into the interior he dared not leave in israel a single port open to the hostile fleet this campaign involved the capture of tyra and of gaza by siege egypt yielded without resistance and welcomed the conqueror who interested himself in the worship of its gods founding of alexandria the young man's quick intelligence discovered on the coast of Egypt the best site for a colony, which he named Alexandria. As Tyra lay in ruins, his new city was to be the great port of the nearer Orient, to provide a commercial bond between his eastern domains and the kingdom of his fathers. Another object of the settlement, composed of Macedonians and Greeks with but subsidiary native elements, was to secure the fidelity of Egypt. Alexander, the son of Zeus, For millennia the egyptians had been accustomed to absolute rule their pharaoh was a god-king the incarnation of a deity in accepting alexander as their pharaoh they could only think of him as a divine incarnation their view however had no effect on hellenic thought but in the libyan desert between egypt and cyrene lay the oracle of ammon whom the hellenes identified with zeus and to whom they had been accustomed to resort for prophecies more weighty even than those of the delphic apollo Thither went Alexander, and received from the oracle of the desert acknowledgement that he was the son of Zeus. The young king, who had fed his mind on Homeric myths and had already achieved the superhuman in battle and conquest, probably believed the story. Certainly the theory of his own divinity grew on him from that time forth. Battle of Arbella After Alexander had settled the affairs of Egypt and Syria, he marched slowly eastward, crossed the Euphrates and Tigris, and with forty-seven thousand men met darius near arbella in command of an army which the ancients estimate in numbers ranging from two hundred and fifty thousand to four million horse and foot we may assume at least that the king's forces materially outnumbered alexander's on this occasion darius had chosen an open plain where his superiority in bulk could be made effective he hoped with his elephants and his scythed chariots to break the phalanx after which his cavalry supported by footmen would complete the macedonian route the phalangites however opened their ranks to let the chariots pass through or dislodge the drivers and turn the teams back upon the enemy alexander was outflanked but seeing a gap in the enemy's line he dashed in at the head of a cavalry brigade and cut the army of darius in two meanwhile the macedonian phalanx advancing in touch with the persians drove them to flight there were many complications which need not be described here it is enough to say that the critical victory of the war was due to the skill of alexander and his officers and the bravery and discipline of his men darius fled and was ultimately murdered by his own subjects further conquests the battle of arbella gave the victor a vital hold upon the empire but left to his remaining campaigns the none too easy task of overcoming widely separated points of resistance babylon surrendered without delay he entered the city and worshipped its gods as he had worshipped those of egypt from babylon he marched with little opposition into persia and occupied its two capitals susa and persepolis in the treasuries of both places he found great hordes of silver which he confiscated and put into circulation the palace at persepolis he destroyed with fire and the inhabitants he slaughtered to punish the persians for having burnt the cities and temples of Hellas and to ruin their prestige as an imperial people down to this time, as this deed indicates, he remained a champion of Hellenism. Policy of solidifying the empire Three years were occupied in reducing the northeastern provinces of the empire, where the powerful satraps at the head of the warlike inhabitants offered him an obstinate resistance. During these campaigns, Alexander began to adopt the Persian royal dress and habits, at first when giving audience to natives and afterwards on all occasions it was in line with his policy of assimilating macedonians and greeks with a view to solidifying his empire to this end he encouraged the marriage of his soldiers with native women at his command thirty thousand youths of the country were chosen to receive instruction in the greek language and to be trained in the use of macedonian arms at the same time the king began to show irritability at opposition or lack of deference in his subjects civility was spreading among the macedonians but the more manly spirits resented his Persian airs and his increasing aloofness and conspiracy was formed. Philotas, son of his best general Parmenion, though cognizant of the plot, neglected to inform Alexander. When the truth finally reached the ears of the king, he brought Philotas on a charge of treason before an assembly of Macedonians, who lost no time in condemning the accused to death. Under torture, Philotas had mentioned his father, who too was put to death though doubtless innocent parmenion was the ablest general of the school of philip and alexander's most faithful lieutenant his son was probably guilty of nothing worse than neglect there was murmuring throughout the army at the murder of parmenion but no one dared remonstrate shortly after during a festival to Dionysus, when the company was drinking heavily the courtiers began to flatter alexander comparing him with heracles and saying that he surpassed his father in achievements cleitus a young macedonian noble rashly protesting against his flattery extolled philip and depreciated alexander boasting that he cleitus had saved the king's life in battle in great rage alexander seized the weapon and killed him but afterward was exceedingly sorry for what he had done oriental absolutism of alexander his next step towards oriental absolutism was the requirement that all who approached should prostrate themselves before him to the natives the act meant nothing more than ceremonial respect whereas the europeans regarded it as worship it was agreed between him and certain of his companions that at a prospective banquet they should themselves set the example on this occasion calisthenes the philosopher and historian by refusing to prostrate himself incurred the king's anger. For the time being, Callisthenes went unharmed, but not long afterward was implicated in a conspiracy of the pages. These were the sons of Macedonian nobles, brought up in the king's court and acting as his personal guard. Alexander's insolence towards one of their number incited among them a plot to kill him while he slept. It was discovered, and the ringleader and Callisthenes, who were suspected of instigating the conspiracy, were put to death alexander's campaigns in the north-eastern satrapies completed the subjugation of the empire along the lines of his marches he had distributed colonies and had given attention to organization obviously insufficient for every successful campaign whetted his appetite for conquest and in him lived the spirit of the explorer india was a land of wonders which no hellenic traveller had described which heracles and dionysus alone had traversed alexander could not admit an inferiority to these divine beings or neglect the opportunity to add this marvellous region to his empire thus it was that romantic rather than practical considerations led him into india alexander in india he met with no strong opposition the country was divided among a multitude of independent kings some of whom became his allies but the army experienced unspeakable sufferings from the intense heat and the downpour of rain lasting through many days alexander wished to go farther thoughts of universal dominion are ascribed to him by arian but the military harangue put in his mouth is evidently a fiction and through the myths that envelop him we cannot penetrate to his true desires whatever they may have been they were checked by the refusal of his troops to go farther as the omens proved unfavorable to an advance alexander acceded to their wishes and began the homeward journey they passed down the indus at whose mouth he and his men first became acquainted with the tides having organized the conquered part of india in three satrapies and left colonies of veterans he began his return march through the gudrosian desert this way was chosen from love of exploration and the desire to surpass semiramis and cyrus who as the king heard had vainly attempted a march through this dangerous waste again his soldiers suffered horribly and many succumbed to heat and thirst and the fatigue of marching through the deep sand in sixty days however the task was achieved by the survivors and alexander emerging from the desert with the shattered remnant of his army reached carmania in the autumn of three twenty five meanwhile his admiral nearchus of crete sailing from the mouth of the indus skirted the coast of the arabian and persian gulfs his careful survey was of great value for the promotion of maritime commerce with the far east while his observations of nature and man along the voyage contributed to the progress of science along considerable stretches of coast the inhabitants were savages ignorant of iron but making use of stone implements and of their finger-nails which grew long and formidable like the claws of animals they dressed scantily in the skins of beasts or of fish they baked bread of meal made from dried fish and it is seriously asserted that their sheep lived on fish death of alexander on his return from the east alexander took up his residence at babylon with him there there could be no thought of rest the empire had to be rescued from the misrule brought into it by his officers during the long campaigns in bactria and india and a prodigious naval armament had to be fitted out for his next enterprise the conquest of arabia and the colonization of the region bordering the persian gulf urged on by his restless energy these preparations were under rapid way meanwhile alexander was ruining his constitution by drinking to excess and wasting his strength in all night revels in this condition he was unable to throw off the germs of fever which he had contracted he died accordingly in his thirty-third year although his lifetime was brief no other man had ever achieved anything to compare with his labors either in conquest or in organization we must grant that his success was largely due to the excellent army laboriously created by his father to the able generals trained in philip's school and to the internal weakness of the persian empire at the same time great credit must be given to the quickness and accuracy of the young king's observation and thought and to the daring rapidity of his movements for statesmanship he was too romantic and egoistic and although he remains the most dazzling figure in military annals it cannot be soberly stated that the world lost through his premature death during alexander's careers of conquest the states of the greek homeland continued restive his agents and officers frequently violated the compact made between him and the hellenic league tyrants had been established in certain greek cities and macedonians had preyed upon hellenic commerce sparta headed a peloponnesian revolt but it had failed and she was compelled to submit with the evident design of subverting the liberties of the hellenes guaranteed by his father alexander let it be known that he wished them to consider him a god and shortly afterward ordered all greek states to receive back their political exiles although in itself humane this move in behalf of the banished was a flagrant violation of the federal constitution established by philip an unmistakable evidence of the king's despotic intentions demosthenes find in athens materialistic considerations but slightly outweighing patriotism barely sufficed to keep the peace on several occasions demosthenes made cautious by long experience effectually opposed a break with alexander a special opportunity for war was offered the athenians when harpalus chief treasurer of alexander embezzling the royal funds escaped to greece on this occasion demosthenes dissuaded the athenians from war but was himself prosecuted along with others on a charge of having accepted a bribe from harpalus condemned to a fine of fifty talents and unable to pay he was cast into prison whence he escaped and went into exile the facts on which to base a judgment as to his guilt or innocence are wanting but at least it is clear that the court which condemned him was influenced more by political considerations than by evidence revolt of the states of greece when word of alexander's death reached greece it found the states ready for the revolt they were dissatisfied with the macedonian supremacy and their love of independence was still strong nearly all the states of the peninsula united in a league for revolt the most prominent being the athenians and the aetolians demosthenes employed his eloquence in the creation of the league and was now returned to athens leosthenes an athenian general of experience and ability held chief command he defeated antipater governor of macedon and besieged him in the fortress of lamia from this circumstance the conflict is known as the lamian war unfortunately leosthenes was killed the enemy received heavy reinforcements from asia and the hellenic cause failed chosen to pronounce a funeral oration over the athenians who fell early in the war hyperides while praying a graceful tribute to the dead upheld in evil days with a spirit worthy of his ancestors the hellenic ideals of patriotism freedom and human dignity the coalition dissolved and the states made separate terms with antipater athens had to receive a macedonian garrison in municia to limit her franchise to the nine thousand wealthiest those who possessed property worth at least two thousand drachmas and to give up for punishment the chief instigators of the revolt among the victims were hyperides and demosthenes the former was captured and slain the latter took poison to avoid seizure an epigram of the period summarises well the aspiration and the failure of the last great Hellenic orator. Orator, mighty in spirit, if only thy strength had been equal, Ares of Macedon God ne'er would have ruled over Greece. In this war, the highest civilization succumbed to the lower, a people of refined thought, speech and emotion yielded to men of blood and iron. Perdiccas, regent of the empire meanwhile at babylon for the time being the center of the empire events were occurring contrary to the intentions which alexander while living had cherished as he died without an heir the macedonian army in that city determined to recognize as king alexander's feeble-minded half-brother Arihadius, and only reluctantly consented that the great conqueror's son alexander born of roxana after the father's death should be associated with arehadeus on the throne so prejudiced were the macedonians against all connection with asiatics Perdiccas, a general under alexander became regent of the empire there were insurrections to put down in addition to that in hellas and still unconquered parts of the empire to subjugate this work was accomplished but meantime the two kings were murdered before either could attain to authority and the machinations of alexander's great generals their rivalries and coalitions began to threaten the unity of the empire their political manoeuvres and civil wars for the next two decades and more in this period antigonus perhaps the ablest and most energetic general surviving the conqueror strove to maintain the integrity of the empire under his own monarchy the other generals however combined against him in the battle of ipsus phrygia three zero one they completely overpowered him and he acknowledged by suicide the failure of his ambition division of alexander's empire abandoning all idea of unity the victors proceeded to carve the empire into kingdoms for themselves potemale retained egypt of which he had long been governor and in addition coel Syria. Seleucus held most of the empire east of Mount Taurus, with greater Phrygia in Asia Minor. Cassander, son of Antipater, retained Macedon and a claim to the headship of Greece. The realm of Lysimachus comprised Thrace and the greater part of Asia Minor. Ultimately, his kingdom was dissolved, whereupon the sway of Seleucus extended to the Aegean Sea. In this manner, the empire of Alexander came to be divided into three great powers macedon egypt and the kingdom of the Seleucidae, and thus it remained till the intrusion of rome in the east agathocles the ruling class in these monarchies were european greeks and hellenized macedonians over the orientals they had little difficulty in maintaining the supremacy of their civilization in other parts of the hellenic world the problem was more difficult in the region north of the black sea the natives so encroached upon the territory of the greeks that the latter no longer had wheat for continual exportation but often had to import it for their own use from the aegean region in sicily and southern italy the maintenance of hellenic freedom had become even more critical after the death of timoleon 337 syracuse was again distracted by factional strife and sicily was again exposed to carthaginian aggression affairs grew continually more hopeless till agathocles the son of a potter seized the tyranny 316 like dionysius I, he was a soldier of fortune who through sheer ability and resolution mounted to the summit of power his methods and career closely parallel those of the earlier tyrant By clever diplomacy sheer luck and a show of force by a combination of harshness and mildness he entrenched himself in a power and gained the hegemony over the greek cities of the island the chief military event in his career was a long and desperate war with carthage the sicilians had not yet developed a political consciousness of their nationality but vacillated between him and the semites as the selfish considerations of the moment dictated on one occasion when besieged in syracuse by a greatly superior force with no allies to bring him aid and no means of repelling the enemy he conceived the amazing scheme of running the blockade and of transferring the war to africa this bold design laid bare the weakness of carthage her dependent towns were unfortified and disloyal and she was exposed to the invaders attack this campaign though only a partial success proved the beginning of his good fortune notwithstanding victories he was finally compelled to make a treaty which divided the island nearly equally between himself and the enemy after this event he assumed the title of king of the sicilians in the same way that the successors of alexander were taking upon themselves the royal title with these sovereigns agathocles through diplomatic marriages entered into close relations meanwhile He gave aid to the Hellenic cities of Italy against the native Lucanians and gained for his realm a strip of Italian coast. The chief aim of his life, however, was the expulsion of the Phoenicians from Sicily, and in his old age he resumed preparations for a gigantic struggle with the national enemy. To this end he negotiated a treaty of alliance with Macedon at least there dawned the hope that the hellenes were so organized in east and west as to maintain themselves and gain new ground the realization of the dream of agathocles would have given the western mediterranean to hellenism and have changed the course of the world's history in the midst of his preparations however he died two eighty nine in his last moments he restored the republic to the syracusans necessarily with its fatal weaknesses with his death managed the dream of a great champion of hellenism of a statesman and warrior scarcely excelled in administrative ability and in boldness combined with prudence the growing power of rome the western greeks were confronted by enemies so powerful and aggressive that the only opportunity for national independence lay in centralization under a military monarch the truth they were unable to appreciate and accordingly the death of agathocles made their situation desperate although in italy the sabellians had spent their energy what they failed to conquer became the prey of rome this city situated on the lower tiber became appreciably to extend her power about 400 bc with the conquest of Vi, an etruscan city in the neighborhood conquered territory rome either annexed settling it with her own people and incorporating the acquired population as citizens or subjected to her military command by treaties of alliance her just treatment of dependents and friends no less that the severity with which she punished revolting allies contributed to the growth and the solidity of her power in a series of latin and samnite wars three forty three to two ninety involving conflicts also with etruscans umbrians and gauls she extended her supremacy over the peninsula from the rubicon river to the greek settlements in the extreme south in 326 naples entered into the roman alliance like most allies of rome she retained self-government in local affairs but gave military aid in war as a maritime state her chief military obligation lay in furnishing ships of war together with their crews meanwhile the still free hellenic cities of italy were making little concerted effort to preserve their liberty there was a union among them but it counted for little tarentum the most populous and wealthy sought and obtained aid of her mother city sparta and afterward of a unwilling to submit to discipline or military authority and fearing for their precious liberties the luxurious inhabitants nullified all such assistance by the reluctance of their cooperation. after rome had extended her supremacy into southern italy thurae rigium and locrae entered her alliance on substantially the same terms as naples tarentum alone with a few unimportant allies remained independent pyrrhus in italy when roman aggressions forced tarentum into war she appealed to pyrrhus king of epirus who came with an army of twenty-five thousand men organized in the macedonian system six years he waged war against the romans in italy and the carthaginians in sicily had he been well supported by the greeks he might have secured their national freedom and have organized them in a kingdom for himself but though a brilliant general pyrrhus wanted statesmanlike tact and the hellenes were too fond of their licenses of peace to sustain his absolute command and to fill the gaps in his ranks Finally, he returned to Epirus, 275, and three years afterwards, Tarentum surrendered to the Romans, who in this way completed their supremacy over Italy. It was inevitable that Rome and Carthage, the two great powers of the West, should clash. In a long, severe war, Rome achieved the task that had proved too great for Dionysius, Agathocles, and Pyrrhus the expulsion of the Carthaginians from Sicily. Instead of the emergence of a Greek nation, however, there resulted ultimately a deadening bondage loss of political freedom economic retrogression depopulation and a rapid decline of culture despite obvious advantages the roman conquest proved in the end an irredeemable calamity hellenistic kingdoms of the east the hellenistic kingdoms of the east were longer lived egypt a strongly centralized monarchy protected by the deserts that bordered the nile valley feared no assailant so long as she could maintain a powerful navy the seleucid realm covered a vast territory but lacked the central strength necessary to the control of distant satrapies one by one india bactria parthia and other far-away dependencies successfully revolted in asia minor a horde of invading celts founded the kingdom of galatia while further to the west pergamum became an independent monarchy pontus cappadocia and other old kingdoms reasserted themselves these uprisings soon reduced the seleucid sovereignty over asia minor to an empty name in contrast with the seleucid realm macedon was compact and her inhabitants were virile and warlike the ambition of her kings to rule over greece met its chief obstacle in the Aetolian and achaean leagues which in the third century absorbing a great part of the peninsula developed a respectable military power the degree of macedonian control varied with the ability of the kings and although for considerable stretches of time the greek states enjoyed independence in the end the macedonian king antigonus gained their headship of nearly the whole peninsula Recognizing the federal principle, he joined existing combinations in a general union, a league of leagues, represented by a federal diet. This measure, while securing the essentials of republicanism, brought Macedon to preeminence as a military power. First Macedonian War, 215-205 to Philip, successor to Antigonus, saw in Hannibal's invasion of Italy an opportunity to strike a deadly blow at this power of rome which recently had encroached upon the macedonian sphere of influence by wars with the illyrian pirates but he gave hannibal no substantial aid and only roused against himself a new and powerful foe in roman history this period of hostilities with philip is known as the first macedonian war 215 to 205 from this time the political interest centers in the extension of the roman power over the eastern half of the mediterranean world the italian nation was mainly agricultural the masses were free peasants who as a rule owned the lands they tilled they were laborious hardy and belligerent and the government at rome was a centralized aristocracy that rested its principal claim to leadership upon the successful conduct of war and diplomacy in the carthaginian seleucid and egyptian domains the masses were nearly serfs wholly unfit for war and most of the fighting men accordingly were mercenaries among all the saints were antipathies frequently breaking out in war and rendering them weak in the face of a powerful enemy certain greek states invited rome to engage on their behalf in a war against philip two hundred to one ninety six with the aid of the aetolians flaminius the consul in command inflicted a decisive defeat on the macedonians at cynos one ninety seven declaring the greek states free from macedon and under the protection of rome the victor withdrew his forces roman conquests no long time afterward the romans waged war against antiochus the seleucid who had shown great ability in restoring the empire they defeated him at magnesia one eighty nine and compelled him to yield to them all territory west of mount taurus a third macedonian war culminating in the battle of Pydna, one sixty eight put an end to the kingdom of macedon for the time being, Rome organized no provinces in this part of the world, but extended her protectorate from the Adriatic to Mount Taurus. Although her governing class included many a Philhellen, inevitably the more brutal side of her nature revealed itself in Greek affairs. Fatal was the inability of the Hellenes to combine. In every state existed a Romanizing party which constantly invited interference. It required but a slight pretext to bring an army into greece in one forty six the province of macedonia was established the military power of the achaean league broken corinth destroyed and the greek states were subjected to the governor of macedonia this was the year in which rome destroyed carthage and converted her immediate domain into the province of africa twenty years afterward the kingdom of Pergamon was converted into the province of Asia 126. Meanwhile, the Seleucid realm rapidly shrank and the dynasty came to an end 83. In 63, Syria became a province and the roman empire was thus extended to the euphrates river while these events were taking place in asia egypt had greatly declined and the Ptolemies were now subservient to rome in the year thirty their line ceased with the suicide of cleopatra whereupon egypt was formally subjected under a prefect appointed by the roman princeps the effect of roman conquest on civilization in greece and the orient was substantially the same as in southern italy and sicily the conquerors robbed their subjects of material resources and art treasures of their freedom of thought and speech of everything in brief that might have conduced to the further upbuilding or even perpetuation of culture, despite the good intentions of the principles and the obvious benefits of peace. The imperial administration added to the pernicious activities of avaricious Roman speculators, grew continually more oppressive and grinding, viewed in this light. The Roman conquest operated as the first and most fundamental cause of the decline of ancient civilization. End of chapter 27